What's going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieve stardom. On this episode, we had a chance to hang out with Slade and Danny of the band Ann Arbor over Zoom video. Both Slade and Danny grew up together and they talk about growing up in Phoenix and how they got into music. Danny's a couple years younger than Slade, so Slade knew his older brother and would play shows with his older brother's band, but Slade got into music around 12, got a guitar, and was always in singing lessons. His mom knew he could sing really well, so she kind of pushed him in that direction. He started writing songs shortly after getting the guitar, and then started a band in high school called Troop 101, which ended up becoming Ann Arbor when they started to take it a bit more seriously. So we hear about like kind of the origin of the band, because Danny wasn't in the band quite yet. They got signed to Hopeless Records in high school and immediately hit the road, 17 years old, just touring, 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 putting out records. They ended up landing a deal where they recorded the theme song for Scooby-Doo, and they had a couple other songs that got a bunch of syncs over the past few years, Jersey Shore and The Hills and just a bunch of different television shows. Danny ended up joining the band in 2016. We hear about how that phone call went, them calling and asking Danny to join the band. Danny talks about joining the band, jumping on tour pretty much immediately after getting that phone call, writing songs and recording for the first time with Ann Arbor, and they both discuss kind of the new direction of the band and all about their new single, which is called Drugs. You can watch the interview with Slade and Danny on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It would be awesome if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify or Apple Music, it would be amazing if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We're Bringing It Backwards with Ann Arbor. This is about you and your journey in music. And obviously we'll talk about the new song and everything else coming out with Ann Arbor. Excellent. Thanks for having us again. We really appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, actually, first off, are you both born in, were you both, uh, like, did you grow up together? Like, I did see the band, like, started when you were in high school, but I know that there's kind of been different formations of the band. Yeah, so we actually went to high school together um, back in the day. But, sorry, guys. No worries. Um, but growing up, we went to high school, but he actually joined the band back in, like, 2015. So, um the earlier days, he was always, you know, a friend of mine back in school, kind mm-hmm. of just mutually hanging out. I mean, we didn't really, I was more friends with his brother, brother to be honest. Um, and once it came time that we needed another, you know, member, we went straight to Danny because he was always a good, good friend of ours. So rad. Awesome. So both, both of you guys are from, uh, what, Phoenix? Yep. Yeah. Okay. What was it like growing up in Phoenix? Hot. Like hot. <laughs> hot. Yeah. Okay. Hot. <clears throat> I'm, I'm from so San many. Diego, so I know I know a little bit about uh, Phoenix, but uh, I've only you know visited, so I, I wonder what it's like growing yeah, there. My my birthday is in July, so Ooh. almost every uh, you know birthday party I had growing up was a pool party. Like that okay. was just the thing to nice. do, and that's pretty much how you spend every single summer: is you wake up and <clears throat> jump in the pool and hang out there as much as you can all day. But, a, lot of, uh, a lot of skateboarding, you know, a lot of just a lot of getting into trouble. I know mm-hmm. I got into a lot of trouble when I was a kid. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of people in houses and all that kind of stuff. What about houses? Sorry, I cut you off. Uh, teeping. 
Oh, oh yeah. Houses. Kids don't do that anymore. Dude, What's going you know on? what? It really bums me out because I saw one like a year and a half ago. I saw a house TV'd when I was uh-huh. like walking my dog early in the morning and I was like, yes. One, someone out there is still keeping this alive. But, is it because uh, everyone has like a ring light now and they just be busted I mean, like immediately? I feel like that's part of it, but I also feel like kids are so overstimulated now, like with how uh, great the internet's yeah. become and phones and TikTok and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we used to do that stuff out of complete boredom, you know? That's a good point. It was like <laughs> yeah. we're all sleeping over at a friend's house. Yeah. Right? We've played 10 hours of Halo. Like, mm-hmm. what are we going to do now? And it's like, I don't know. We're going to go toilet paper our house. <laughs> if we don't yeah. go get ourselves in trouble, we're going to die of boredom. So. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, I, yeah, it's, it's funny. I was actually thinking about this the other day. The same thing, like why kids don't TP houses. Because a kid that we his mom was always, she worked late. And so she'd come home at like midnight and she'd always drive us to TP a house. <laughs> she had like the getaway van. It was so amazing. Yeah, that's what's up. My mom did that for us once, but uh-huh. the mother of the girl whose house we were teeping came out. And so we ran to the car and we're like, mom, drive away, drive away. Let's go. And she didn't <laughs> waited and then had a conversation <laughs> with her mom. Oh, and like, then she drove you back in the morning to clean it up. Awkward. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Got you, man. I used to do power boxing, so that was a whole different level, guys. What's power, power boxing? boxing? You go to the power box of the house and just flip the switch, man, and then everything turns oh. off. <laughs> I'm telling you, it gets really bad, bro. I can't even tell you the story. <laughs> oh man, you're like shutting people's refrigerators off. Like that's a big one. Dude, it was not. It was not right. I'll tell you that. I definitely regret it. But there were some good moments in it that I will never forget. So. Yeah, uh, that is funny. Yeah. I'm glad I have a lock on mine in case people are still doing that. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Well, okay, so Slade, how did you get into music? Um, well, my parents, man, they've always been <clears throat> listening to music. Nobody in my family can actually play an instrument, which is funny. Um, but they loved music. So it was always a part of my life. And I was always listening to like pop or eighties music or I don't know, whatever, whatever it was. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, they bought me my first guitar. And kind of since then I just started, had a girlfriend and then wrote a song about her. And then that was about as far as it went. I mean, it kind of started off from there. So there you go. how old are you when you got the guitar? Ooh, I was probably like 12, maybe. Okay. Yeah. Did you like immediately already, come obsessed with it or like, was it something you were just picking up and putting down? And well, I was, I was taking singing lessons for like, I think a couple of years. Cause I was always singing and my mom was like, you need to do something with that. And I was like, no, it's for girls. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she, I was a kid. I didn't really have a choice. We mean singing lessons. And then when I got the guitar, I think it just kind of clicked, man. And it's like, never stopped. That's awesome. Do you, are you happy your mom put you in the, the lessons, singing lessons? I wasn't at first, obviously, but I'm right. definitely very, very, very happy that she did that because I would have no experience. You know, I was self-taught on any type of instrument that I've played. So when it and came if she didn't, to, you would sound like me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, just, you know, I, I'm not naturally gifted with guitars and stuff like that with, with vocals. So vocals usually, it, I mean, it's my, my main, my strongest point. So I'm glad that she put me in to lessons or else I wouldn't have, you know, all this, uh, all this voice behind me. <laughs> sure. Sure. It's funny. Cause my, we put my son and he couldn't figure out something to do. He's in middle school. And yeah. my wife's like, if you don't, we were like, okay, if you can't figure out something to do by this date, then 
we're going to choose something for you. And she threw him in chorus and he's oh. still so pissed off at us to this day that he had, <laughs> he had a concert last night and he's just like, I better not be seen. People better not know that. I mean, like he just like totally avoids it. But I've told him like five or 10 times, like I've interviewed like thousands of people and they, yeah. a lot of them were in that. Like it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. right now, yeah. but when it you're doesn't. selling records and touring and playing with your favorite artists, like, yes, no one's going to ask if you're in court. I mean, I asked, but like, no one's going to remember <laughs> that you were the kid getting in chorus. You might not even get made fun of it. And he doesn't either, which is the best, the most hilarious yeah, yeah. thing about it. It's like, dude, no one cares. Yeah, nobody he cares. cares. Yeah. I definitely cared. I was like, it's for girls. I don't want to do it. But I was always singing. And mom's like, dude, no, I'm doing it. And I went to the just local teacher, you know, that was right uh-huh. down the street from me. So it's just crazy. Do it. Don't be afraid. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to show him this clip. <laughs> yeah. And he gets pissed off whenever I bring up the fact he's in chorus too. So whatever. I'm like, none of your friends watch me. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what about you, Danny? How'd you get into music? Um, I mean, kind of similar. Like when I was probably 11 or 12 years old, I watched some live DVD of Red Hot Chili Peppers. And I was like, wow. that Like it all started with some crazy guitar solo. Mm-hmm. So I was like, cool. I want to do that. And so my John Frusciante days or yeah, John Frusciante. Okay. <laughs> okay. And yeah, it was straight up. Like I want to grow my hair out and learn how to play the guitar. And so my, <clears throat> my mom took me to like rent a guitar and take lessons. And she's like, if you, she's like, you can, you know, if you work really hard and you stick with it, eventually we'll get you your own guitar. And that's exactly okay. what happened. And, and my older brother is a drummer. So like, we just grew up, you know, just jamming with friends at our house in the garage all the time, just playing, you know, Blink-182 and Red Hot Chili Peppers and all that kind of stuff. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and yeah, just kept going from there. What guitar did you rent? Was it an acoustic guitar? Or like, yeah, uh, I started electric? with an acoustic guitar okay. and I remember it being so hard on my little 12 year old fingers. Sure. But I was just like, I gotta stick with this. It's too cool. And, uh, and like, you know, eventually I moved on to a second guitar teacher right after I got an electric guitar. She taught me how to read tabs, which then mm-hmm. opened the door for me to go learn any song that I wanted. Sure. And then it, it just kept going from there. That's awesome. So you would jam with your brother. Did you guys ever join a band together? Um, no. Yeah. We just kind of like we had a bunch of other friends that were also learning how to play guitar or bass or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And so our house was kind of like the hub for us and all of our friend groups. And so we would just always be interchangeably jamming really poorly, <laughs> trying to play songs, but it was just so much fun. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. It was great. So, what, well, Slade, you said you're better friends with Danny's brother. Was, did you jam think, with him? I think at the time, I, at the time, I think I was, um, but no, we never jammed, but we did play shows together. Like, um what was your brother's band uh something of a yeah he he had a band in high school his, no 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 his first band was called the evade the evade they right. played a battle of the bands with troop 101 which was oh. Arbor's first name okay at a church right like, right across the street from the high school we went to right yeah 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 i remember that st yeah. andrews yeah yep was, was that one of the earlier shows for for troop 101 
Yeah, I mean, we were like, we were gigging like Battle of the Bands. We thought we were really cool, but we had no experience. We were just a bunch of kids just jumping on a stage and playing like songs in a garage. We thought we were way cooler than we were. <laughs> it was pretty cool. <laughs> Is, was that the first band that you were in? Slade? Yeah. Uh, for me, yeah, that was that was the first band that I actually ever joined. Um, and it turned into Ann Arbor. So it was the same members. Mm-hmm. We just changed the name because it was getting more serious and we hated the name Troop 101. It was just like a on the fly type of thing. So once we got, once we came up with Ann Arbor, that's when the band kind of got more serious. But yeah, I've only been in one band really um, until I decided to take it into a different, you know, genre and stuff. But that was my, you know, my choice. But. Sure. But wow. Okay. Well, I want to talk about that. So, because what I've, from what I read, you guys got signed pretty young, right? You're in high school and the Hopeless Records signed you. Right. Yeah. So we got signed right out of high school, like right around 2008, 2009. Um, and basically, you know, skipped college, all that. And they just threw us on tour. So we toured for a long time. We went on, you know, take action tour, did warp tour probably three or four times. Uh-huh. Um, it's uh, crazy. Well, real quick to, to go back a little bit before that. How did that, I mean, you change your name from Troop yeah. 101 to Ann Arbor and like, obviously you're like, we're taking it seriously, right. but you're still in high school at this point. So like, what was the change? Like what changed? Like, did, were you pulling pretty big crowds in, you know, in, in the area where you guys were playing? Like, like yeah. locally where you, did you have a pretty big following? Like, how did that even stem into being signed to a, a label like that? Yeah. So basically we were just playing the weekends, you know, playing the bigger shows in Phoenix. We just played so much that we kind of grew a small following in Phoenix. Um, mostly our friends, you know, it was mostly just hitting up your, your school and push, put, putting a flyer up, you know, the paper flyers mm-hmm. today. Um, but I mean, it took us from playing Skateland, you know, we, that was like our first show. We, we sold it out, not knowing that we would. Um, but what is Skateland? What is that a skate park? It, it's, it's like a, a roller. Like a, oh, roller, roller rink. rink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roller. Okay. I'm thinking like a skate park, like no, skateboarding no, no. park. It's not there anymore, is it? It is still there. Dude. It is too. We should play a show there. <laughs> People are still roller skating. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, Slade, we're losing you a little. Oh, you got a little robotic. Ah. The joy of Zoom. The joy of Zoom. Slade, go back closer to the building that has the Wi Fi you're using. <laughs> It's all good. That's the joy of editing, too. Yeah, he's at he's at like Disneyland. <laughs> I'm at right Disneyland for a wedding. You're at Disneyland, and you're and yeah, you're doing bro. this interview with me. I I was dude. at a wedding, and I thought the wedding dude. That's been like a three day wedding. There was a brunch that happened, and now I'm like, I thought it was over, and then my lady's like, we have a brunch at blah blah blah. And I'm like, what is this <laughs> over? I what is happening, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like i didn't um, know i was marrying these people we were going hiking <laughs> with goofy at two yeah. and no, i'll be home i'll be home tonight but um no but i mean i mean anyways we we can you guys hear me yeah yeah, yeah you're all good um we, we played like la on the weekends and we would like maybe like do a couple shows like you know roxy and then something else like a house show or something and honestly playing that for a whole year like just playing weekends even with our parents driving us out there that's what brought record labels to come see us because we kind of drove, drove like a little buzz just playing with all these local bands from LA. That yeah. I mean, like these kids got. are getting dri- driven out. It must've been a thing. Like these young kids, they're in high school. They're getting driven out from Phoenix to LA to play like the, you know, notable venues like the Roxy. 
yeah, I would imagine yeah. like there's some little buzz in town. Like who the hell, who, who are these kids? Yeah. Kind of, man. Kind of. And it was also because we were so young that I think that's why help us was really interested in us because we were, you know, we were dedicated to what we were doing. It's hard to find dedicated people that can play all the time. And especially back then when you don't know what your future is. <laughs> so we definitely mm-hmm. took a risk and our parents were really cool about it. That is awesome though. Yeah. I mean, so you, so you signed with Hope's records. Was that, I mean, that had to be a huge, huge moment, huge day for you guys. Yeah, that was huge, man. I mean, I remember our parents on a whole party for us and, you know, getting that first tour and being like, Oh my gosh, we're leaving. You know, it was, it was intense, man. It was definitely a, it was a good change of, of, uh, of life for me. Cause mm-hmm. I, I was just, getting, I was in school doing nothing, you know? So. Right. And then you finish school and they're like, all right, you're going to go See on tour. You. See and you later. Yeah. I, I kind of, I feel like I grew up really quick because of the people that we were touring with were a lot older than we were. So everybody that we were hanging out was like, well, you guys are only, you know, 17. And we're like, yeah, smoking cigs. You know, that we were <laughs> of course. Right. <laughs> yeah. Back then it was probably 18 to smoke, which is, I think it's 21 it's, now, which is interesting. I think, it, yeah, it was 18. Yeah. <laughs> it was 18 when I was younger. <laughs> I'm older than you guys. So, um, that's, well, that's crazy though, to be 17 and be thrown on the road. And obviously at that point, your parents are just like, all right, see you later. I mean, tell me that must've been a nerve wracking, even like, okay, now I'm going to go hit the road with people I don't know. And we're going to be clear across the country. And we don't have our like, you know, safety net of parents close by or whatever. It is. It's terrifying. I mean, lucky for me, my dad is pretty, you know, hardcore. He's kind of rugged guy. He's a farmer. So I grew up Mm -hmm. kind of figuring out problems as they go. So, you know, changing the tire here and there, I already know, I already knew how to do all that stuff. So I'm not, I'm good at solving problems, but I'm not really good at, I guess, the efficiency of it. So it was, it was harder than we thought. And it's taken a lot of years to get it down uh, and touring and stuff. But the beginning was definitely a struggle, man. I'll tell you. Car accidents, you know, forgetting yeah. people at a rest stop, somebody getting too drunk. <laughs> it's, it, it goes on and on. <laughs> that's so funny, though. Dude, well, you should cr- see Slade back up a van and trailer. It's like a pro. It's incredible. <laughs> I, it's at the point where I just get, if I'm driving, I'm just like, okay, this thing needs to be parked. And I get out. I'm like, I'm not going to, even if I bust my ass to learn how to do this, I'm never going to be that good. Well, what about you, Danny? So this is all happening. How are you? How much younger are you than, than Uh, like two years younger? Okay. So you're still in high school when they're gone touring. Yeah. So when I was in high school, I think it was my junior year. I started working at GameStop. And like, I was, you know, still playing guitar and messing around and all sorts of different little projects. And I remember seeing everything that Ann Arbor was doing and being like, wow, this is just, this is insane. And, and, you know, when you're, when you're younger and especially when you're not in the music industry and you see that kind of stuff, your first thought is like, holy shit, like, like, Slade and Ann Arbor, they're all making a million dollars. Oh, right. You know? Exactly. You know, like, and these guys like, are rich. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it was, I think it was the summer. Yeah, I don't know. It, at some point, Slade came into the GameStop that I worked at. And I was like, yo, like, what's up, man? You've been crushing it, like all this crazy stuff. And he's like, Yeah, are you guys hiring? <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> What? And uh 
but yeah, I don't know. I, I remember when the the music video for the brightest green came out and my brother and I sat down and watched it and we were just like, damn, like this is really legit. And it kind of, for like a lot of other Phoenix artists and stuff, it kind of like gave this sense of hope for everyone that like, oh yeah, like this is doable. Like you can yeah. really, you know, start like, cause so many people make you want to think that like, if you're not, not living in los angeles or new york that you're never mm-hmm. gonna go anywhere right. in music and it's just sure. completely not true and yeah. the coolest thing about ann arbor is that it's always kind of built its own fan base and its own community on its own terms mm-hmm. and around like you know who we want to be and what things that we want to project about ourselves and about the band and i don't mm-hmm. know it's always been something really cool about it yeah, yeah. well i want to just I mean, we'll get to, because you joined the band, what, like about five years ago or so, Danny? Yeah, about five or six. So. Okay, well, just to, I want to just get the little timeline here going, because I'm curious sure. about the, um, you weren't in the band quite yet when you guys started landing all the, um, you know, the TV syncs and stuff, like the Scooby-Doo stuff and all that, right? No, not yet. Yeah, it was earlier stuff. Okay, so how did that all, was that all just based off fan base or playing shows or meeting people? Like, tell me that when was- that kind of changed Cause that sounds like that kind of took over a little bit for is, you know, put you in a, a much bigger audience. Right. Yeah. So, um, honestly that was all through hopeless, hopeless landed that. Oh. And when Scooby-Doo came to them, they were like, Hey, we're looking for a band that, you know, could possibly fit the Scooby-Doo thing. And we had this like smoke weed vibe about us. So, mm-hmm. um, they looked at all the hopeless bands. They're like, we like this band. And then they hit us up. We're like, yo, they handpicked you guys to do the song and they wanted you guys to do an original song. So, I just remember hearing the simple plan. We covered a simple plan version of the theme song. Um, and I remember hearing it and being like, we can make this so much cooler. So we did. Um, and we ended with Mike Green did that. And then uh, we wrote the original song. They, they based it off the song. I think it's by like the monkeys or the turtles or something. It's like, so happy it's together. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Listen the to turtles. that song and write a song about, you know, write a song about that and so that's where you and i came from it was kind of a reference track to the, that that song but hopeless records completely set that up man and that like that brought us to a whole different level like the whole the whole cartoon network stuff was like i, I remember seeing like 12 year old to nine year old kids at our shows with signs with you know it was, it was insane dude that is so crazy yeah it was well crazy. it's funny i was gonna ask you about the simple plan thing like because they did the theme song what a couple of years they prior did. to that yeah they did it Definitely and more then, loose ended, you know, not not as tight or anything. But it oh, was theirs good wasn't original. Sure. Well, theirs was a like a remake of the actual song. Right, right, right. It wasn't like you guys wrote a whole different song completely. It wasn't. No, no, we we covered their song. We covered the oh, one you that, covered that, the one in, in addition me. to you and that. In addition to you and yeah, I. In addition, oh, right? Okay, yeah. sorry, I got sorry. confused there. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Because I know you and I was on it, and then you and I became this this song that kept you know landing with other things, right? So and we had there. yeah we didn't even plan that we literally wrote that we didn't even know if it's gonna be on the record and it ended up being on you know one of the one of our favorite songs so it's crazy that's so cool that is crazy that's crazy from there like what would you say the next milestone was within within your career let's see from there i mean we were like right on like work to right around then so like from there we started getting placements mm-hmm. like tv um jersey shore was a big one for us we got a lot of placements on that um, I remember the Super Bowl, they played like what the games begin on like a Madden commercial one time. So like it was That's like two huge. or three years we started getting a bunch of placements on on our stuff. Yeah, which was great. I mean, 
even to this day, it still helps our plays completely. So, mm-hmm. um, people still yeah. find it. From I mean, that. At that time yeah. Yeah, absolutely, man. It's, it's gnarly. That's so rad though. That is, are they, cause some like an LA television show was using it, right? Like wake up, like some like morning show, like weren't they using LA your song? Yeah. yeah. I like good morning something or they use, they use something, man. They, they're, there was a lot of placements. It was hard to keep up. When we were oh, like, that's so not like that doesn't still like is I thought they just took that. They're like, oh, we're going to use that every single time. No, that'd be dope if they did. They did not. They did. <laughs> it was just like a, just like a one time playing thing. <laughs> Got it. That's yeah. rad, though. I mean, how yeah. how cool to see your I mean, hear your songs on television shows and especially like Scooby Doo type. I mean, that that's Dude, I mean, was, I couldn't even imagine. My parents were so happy. It was the coolest thing, you know, so like we're seeing your music you know but your family back you up and support you and sure see your music when they don't not looking for it you know it's cool mm-hmm. well tell me danny about you joining the band and how that uh, came together um so uh the guys had taken some time off mm-hmm. and then i guess they went in to do a record and just kind of dropped the self-titled record without any like real like promo or marketing or anything just to kind of see if if the fans were still out there and there was a really good response to the whole record so they booked a tour um and that's when they realized they needed a second guitarist so they hit my brother up and he was like yeah of course like go hit danny up and i just had a meeting with him and we just went over some songs and it immediately clicked. We did the tour. Everything went really well. And and it was just kind of said and done after that, that uh, everything worked. And I, they kind of were like, yeah, you have a permanent spot in here if you want it. Wow. So after that tour was where, you know, I started to get a little bit more into <clears throat> like production and just songwriting and, and trying to write as many demos as possible to gear up for anything in the future mm-hmm. and uh and i don't know it's been great that's well, what were you up to like getting that phone call i mean were you just hanging out um, and uh, so were you still working time, in phoenix or something yeah at the time uh i was just you know working i was working a couple or i was working a serving job and working another job in a nightclub and i had just taken a break from school i was going to asu and then like I had to pay something off before I could go back to class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I can't afford that right now. So I'm just going to work and maybe take some community college classes or something, figure out how to tie this together. And then this opportunity came in and I was like, well, you know, this is what I've always wanted to do more than anything. And so I'm going to do this tour. We're going to see what happens. Um, I get the permanent position and that's when I'm kind of like, all right, I'm like, I really love being a part of this and, and getting to play guitar in front of audiences is really all I've ever wanted out of life. So I'm going to take this opportunity and pour everything into it and see where this goes because I can't necessarily wait. Like I, I can always go back to school if that's something right. that I want to do, but mm-hmm. I can't wait until I'm 40 and be like, I'm going to start a rock band. Like call Slade. You're like, you still need a guitar player. <laughs> yeah, <dude. laughs> uh, wow. Still need your boy. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, wow, that's that must have been such a huge phone call, though, be, to see these guys, you know, and be like, oh, my gosh, their <laughs> band is doing these huge things and yeah. you're watching their music video. And now they're calling me to join the band. Like what? Yeah. I mean, it was it was really cool because it started as like. Like I at the time I was doing a lot of like hired gun guitar work mm -hmm. where I was just like playing for different pop artists for their shows. And that was fun and all, but there was never anyone that I was like particularly super into their music. Like it was, it was all good and whatnot, but it wasn't just like my vibe. Mm -hmm. And so getting to join the band for this tour was awesome, but I never had, like, I didn't really have my hopes up of like, oh, this is going to be a permanent thing until mm -hmm. like, I don't know, later in the tour and just all of us like connecting better and, and once it became a permanent thing, I was like, wow, this is just, you know, mm -hmm. with that tour thing that could happen. Was that the first tour you had ever been on? I mean, you said you played guitar, like a hired gun. Were you a hired gun for artists that were on the road? Um, no, it was mostly for local stuff or like one-off shows. Um, but yeah, that was my first like real tour. So what was that like? That, I mean, these guys have been exciting, doing it for a while. So. Was there, was that interesting? I mean, that's been pretty oh yeah i mean yeah, crazy to do like that the there's time. such a there's a learning curve to it because mm -hmm. there's it's just a completely different life but it was so exciting and it was just so much fun you have the whole like aspect of camaraderie and inside jokes and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. and like i remember oh the first not the the first show i think was in philadelphia and then it was like the second or third show was in Brooklyn and I we get on stage and it's like I can't hear shit in my monitor like I can't hear my guitar at all and I think I like said something into the microphone in between a song to the sound guy and then after <laughs> that like, did it go out to everybody <laughs> yeah and like after that Slade and my drummer were like don't you ever fucking do that again what are you doing man and I was like I didn't know because like <laughs> most of my experience was like you know i was playing a lot of like covers and like cover bands and fucking you know whatever just all sorts of stuff that wasn't as high stakes i guess and uh it was just like stuff like that it was like funny little learning curve moments but everybody so that's just like a code you don't you don't you don't uh like yell at the sound guy well yeah, there's just uh, well, like, it's just like when you go see your favorite band, you see them between songs going, Hey man, can I get more guitar on my monitor? No, you don't. You just gotta be careful <laughs> about it. And you know, maybe as a local artist, it's okay when there's, you know, 15 kids there to be like, Hey man, can I get more money? But nobody wants to hear you talk or like say yeah, that yeah. unless it's about the show. Okay. So it's just not professional yeah. to be like, Hey man, more monitor. Well, that makes sense. I didn't, I didn't never thought of it that way. Um, yeah. but that's a great point. Obviously I'm not a touring musician. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it, it was it was honestly it was just something slade had said something along the lines of like you know if something goes wrong you just gotta fucking roll with it like you just okay. gotta deal with it you don't yeah and you I don't want to like, draw attention to it happening. i was like yeah ah, yeah, yeah that is people pretty know. goddamn rock and roll, <laughs> to just roll with it. so i was like yeah, yeah, yeah. okay so, oh that's funny okay so you got you get back from the tour and that was the you you put that record out independently, didn't did you guys say? That, yeah, that 2015, yeah. Okay. And then you did another EP that was also self-funded? Yeah. 
yeah on yeah. that one then danny at that point yeah that was the first thing that i wrote on okay um so it was what am i or three songs on it yeah. was just called the ep uh-huh. and uh so that was like my first experience of like writing full songs with the band and uh and it was really cool and then you can it's that's kind of like a really cool thing over this little chapter of the band of since whenever i joined is like you can hear some difference in the sound and we were all kind of trying to go for like trying to test out new things and different vibes and so there's like a progression from the ep to then the tangerine ep and now our new record Mm -hmm. um, where you can kind of see this shift of where we took we kind of like developed our formula for songwriting and like grew an affinity for different production tools instead of just just straight up like guitar bass drums vocals Mm -hmm. you know we got into more stuff but i think it's really cool about the new record is we combined like the history of every kind of sound that ann arbor has been all into one mm-hmm. and was that like was that your first time recording in a studio too or had no, you done that no, prior? I, yeah i'd recorded a bunch of stuff for like various artists pop singers r&b okay. singers hip-hop artists all okay kind of stuff. so you weren't new to that world it's just new to writing together yeah as yeah, a band exactly and now it's just the two of you right uh-huh. or do you, okay so when does yeah, that we whole had to make, transition make happen yeah, so let's see. After that EP, we got Danny. What did we do? We we had a tour. Well, so we were. And we were uh, we've yeah, been looking we for a tour, tour at this point. We did a tour or two, and then we decided to go in to do a record. And we did all the pre-production. Had like ten song ideas or whatever. Like had the things fleshed out. Right. And then we just kind of realized like we weren't ready for it, and the record itself. Like the songs just weren't as perfect as they should be for a record. And mm-hmm. we just kind of took a break for like a year ish. And then uh, Slade and I just started meeting up again, just writing songs just for fun, just to mess around and see what happens. And oh, uh, so the band kind of took a little hiatus there after the record. Yeah. You didn't know what year was that in? Ooh, so that must have been like. 2019 2019 because covid was like right after and we also had a temporary drummer who he took his life so we had to take another break after that yeah i did see that that's so horrible um so we've just been you know getting through these obstacles but you know it's in covid and stuff but um taking him taking a hard chunk out of ann arbor's time for sure yeah, that's that's where i was kind of going with it uh as far as covid happened so that you you guys decided to take a break and then COVID hits right to end beginning of 2020. And then do you have more time to at this point be like, okay, let's just the two of us, let's figure out what's right. next yeah, for this. So we like, we took that break and then <clears throat> a year or so after Slade and I start meeting up just to write and stuff and like, you know, checking out offers of stuff that we're getting. And, you know, we had this offer to go do a two month tour in Europe and it ended up, falling through because of covid so like Mm -hmm. covid started and we were like "Eh, it's not that bad like well we're not gonna have to cancel this tour (laughs) we'll be back in two weeks every few days go by and you're like (laughs) "Eh, this is definitely not gonna happen and yeah and so we were like well what do we do how do we keep this going 
And so we just started doing live streams at my house and of us just like writing demos or playing songs acoustic or whatever we could do to like kind of stay relevant a little bit. And uh, then we ended up writing a bunch of demos, some of those on live streams. And wow, we were like, let's put something out. And so we put the Tangerine EP out just mm-hmm. so we could have something because everybody's bored at home, nothing to do. We're like, let's, I, and most likely nobody was releasing music at the time. So we were like, let's just put something out, mm-hmm. songs that we know that are really good and we can then write a whole new record. So that's what I'm curious did. with those like live stream writing sessions, did, did fans chime in and were you like interacting with them as the song was being written? Yeah. 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 Awesome. We were just like, oh, yeah. oh, what should we write this song about? And like, they would give us ideas or like cool little lines that we would, you know, morph into One of them made else. the record. Sure. Yeah. One of them made the record. It really, it, yeah. We like <laughs> laid down some keys and like made this cool little demo and, uh, and yeah, I think actually like the, the verse and the pre-chorus are still the same as the demo that we Yeah, I think so. Wrote. And yeah. somebody was just, people just chiming in would be like, oh, it'd be cool yeah, to do this. Yeah, or, we, we ended up writing a song. We are like, what's it like, you know, like love relationships and quarantine or whatever. And we mm-hmm. just like wrote some silly demo called Quarantine Lover. <laughs> and then And then eventually it shifted and, you know, we took it to a studio with our producer, Matt Keller and rewrote the chorus and, right. and it turned into honestly one of my favorite songs on the record. Yeah, it's good. It's That's really cool. so cool. And when did you start putting the, the record together? I did see you guys, you signed with what one RPM and in 2022. Yeah. Or not 2022, but 2020 also. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. As well. Uh, like in the, that, how did that all happen? Was it, were you guys working and doing these live streams when this was, when that deal was being negotiated or? Um, we so had we, management. Sorry, go ahead, Slade. No, I was just, we just had like a new kind of, I guess, management come in and kind of pitch more stuff to us to keep us active and, mm-hmm. One of them was good friends with one RPM. So we had a couple of conversations and they seemed to be really interested and we're going to work really hard for us. So we mutually just connected pretty well. That's rad. So then, okay, now you're, yeah, you're signed to the record label, you're working on the new album and then you've released drugs, which is the most recent one, correct? Yeah. Right. All right. Tell me about that song. I love the video. It's like MTV esque. Like it reminds Thanks, me yeah. of that. It's <laughs> like exactly what we were going for. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like nineties MTV. Yeah. So uh, let's see. October of 2018. Uh, we went out to Los Angeles just to do some writing sessions that mm-hmm. uh, some friends of ours had set up. Cause we don't, we never really did any writing sessions with other people before. It was just kind of always in house stuff. So, so we're like, yeah, let's go try it out. Um, we wrote a bunch of songs and, and then there was like the day that Slade had to leave and I was going to stay in Los Angeles for a couple of days. And I did one other writing session. Um, and that's kind of where drugs was born. Drugs and we was born. wrote this like demo and, you know, basically sat on it for years because we knew we knew that that was going to be the first single of a new record someday. We just had no idea mm-hmm. when that was going to come. Yeah. And so like when we, 
you know, when we were talking about doing the Tangerine EP, we were like, yep, we got to save drugs for. Oh, so that on. one's already. Yeah, obviously you said and, in 2018, 2019. So you saved that one and wrote what new songs for Tangerine. And now you revisit right. that one and write a record. Yeah. Right. Along, exactly. so, okay. Um, so, yeah. And because we just knew it was going to be. We knew that song was going to serve to be like the center of whatever the new record is and kind of help define some of the sound and, and the whole direction. Mm-hmm. So we held on to it. Um, and then we, you know, took it to our producer, Matt Keller and, uh, and just hammered away at it, sped it up a little bit, added some cooler sounds, the whip crack, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is like my favorite part of the song. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, so I like, when I went to that writing session, it was weird. Cause I was like, I, ah, okay, I got to write a song, but I kind of got to write it from Slade's point of view in a way or something, but he's not here. And I was just thinking about what was going on in our lives at the time. Like I was, I was at the very beginning stage of a new relationship and Slade was at like the end stage of another relationship. So it was like this weird contrast and comparison of like, those extreme emotions that Mm -hmm. you get from love and it's like all the really good and amazing and exciting things that you experience when you first meet someone and all that kind of stuff. But then also like, you know, years down the road, some of the crazy shit you might say to each other or like (laughs) all that kind of stuff. And so it was this thing on like highs and lows and we're, I was just like, well, what else does that? Oh, drugs does that. So it just became this whole song about how like oh, being in a relationship interesting. at times makes you feel like you're on drugs, whether it's like you, you feel like you're tripping and having a wonderful time or you're like having withdrawal and you're, yeah. you know, all that kind of stuff. Right on. That's yeah. That's a great, it's a great song. Uh, and is that kind of the direction for the record then that sound? Yeah, I mean, I'd, say, I'd say so. I mean, there's, there's yes some rock no. songs on there. Okay. There's some uh, rock but, songs that we said. That you yeah, there's, out some, there for a there's some rock songs on there, but I mean, it's mostly a pop record. I'd say there's a lot of alternative stuff. And now that Danny's in, we've definitely been experimenting with more like sounds and stuff. So um, he's definitely added like a new kind of fresh sound to, to the band. I love it. That's, I mean, that song is dope. And I, I can't wait to hear the rest of the record. What about playing live? Like how, you, you, you did what a show in December? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What was that like? Was that your first show back as like in out of quarantine? Uh, um, we did, yes and no. We yeah, go ahead, Danny. Yeah, we did a we did one show back in March uh that ended up laying like it was supposed to be everybody was seated and have a mask and all that kind of stuff, like social mm-hmm. distancing. But then that the day of that show was when the governor of Arizona announced that the mask mandate was gone. So it was like this weird kind of yeah. thing of some people were seated in mass and some people were like, eh, who cares anymore? And it, it was kind of like, it was definitely it, strange. It, it was, it was a weird environment, but yeah, okay. the December show was our first one back. That was like a pretty normal real show. Okay. And, and that was really cool. Are you, are you guys, I would imagine you'd support the, the new stuff you have coming out. Do you have anything planned? Um, we don't have anything in the books just yet, but we are 
talking to a bunch of people about a bunch of different things that we want to put together. We're just trying to make sure we do everything right and plan it correctly and make sure whatever it is that it's like in accordance with that local area's laws. Right. Um, right. Cause you know, we've, we've watched so many yeah. of our friends and, and other bands like book these tours and start them and go three, four dates in and then have to cancel mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So, so we were like, let's just not rush into anything and let's, let's figure it out so we can do it properly and really get back out there. So, Awesome. Well, I cannot wait. Uh, hopefully I moved to Nashville in the, in the oh, midst nice. of this pandemic pandemic. So hopefully you'll make your way out this way. I don't know if you've played here before, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. we love Nashville oh, for sure. That's awesome. Hopefully you'll be back soon and I appreciate your time. This has been awesome. And thank you Slade for being here, even though you're at Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm sorry. I hope you could hear the stuff I was saying. I, we checked out of a room at noon. So I'm like, shit i'm gonna try to find a quiet spot and the spot that <laughs> was not good enough and I, I apologize bro no dude You're this good. has been awesome i love th- my favorite thing about like zoom calls and all this stuff is th- is that moment that you're doing right now like people like that your fans yeah. are gonna be like whoa this is so rad he's just like wandering around disneyland like what <laughs> <laughs> or like the behind the curtain yeah, looks everybody <laughs> so, it's so rad i don't know i think it's so cool yeah, here we go Look at that. I'm in like a little nook, but I'm at Disneyland Resort. Yeah, we're here. (laughs) (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, again, I appreciate you both doing this. Uh, One more quick question for you both. If you, I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Ooh, don't give up and trust your, trust your gut, you know, because a lot of people will take advice from people that don't really matter. And honestly, some of the best songs I've written are going to be from my first instinct. So always trust your gut and always do what you think is going to sound best. That's my opinion. I love it. Yeah, I would say just do it every day. You know, log as much time you can into it. And like, don't, don't get yourself down if some of the stuff you do sucks because a lot of the first things that you do are going <laughs> to suck. We have written a lot of a lot of bad songs and then eventually some good ones. So yeah. that's yeah. how you get the good stuff is by sifting through the bad stuff first. <laughs>